Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and your guide to everything you need to know about K-beauty. So I flagged on Tuesday's episode that I wanted to have a little bit of a chat about the topic of plastic surgery in Korea because it's not something we've covered on the show before. I am not an expert in plastic surgery, so I will just say from the outset, please (laughs) do not email me or DM me asking me where you should go if you are interested in coming for surgery in Korea. This is really not my wheelhouse. However, having lived here now for seven years, over seven years, uh, and you know, knowing as much as I do, I guess, about Korean culture uh, and just having interacted with so many people while I've been here, I've managed to develop, I would say, enough of an understanding about this as an industry, about the origins of it uh, and, and the impact that it has on culture and all of those kind of things. So that's more what I want to talk about today. Uh, I'm not like a plastic surgery concierge or anything like that. So if you've tuned into this episode and that's what you're looking for, then you may be disappointed, but stick around if you'd just like to hear a little bit more about the industry in general uh, and how it kind of works over here because that's what I'm planning on talking about today. So this is one of those things that I think gets a lot of airtime in the media. A lot of people talk about it, uh, you know, because there is some crazy facts and figures behind it. And in doing some research for this episode, I realized that there's a lot of conflicting information out there as well. So look, I will try my best to keep it as factual as possible while also just sort of talking through what I know just from having lived here, having spoken to, you know, lots of different people and whatnot. So plastic surgery in Korea is uh, a really big part of the culture. I think that is pretty undeniable. There were 470 plastic surgery clinics registered in Gangnam in Seoul in 2017. That was according to the National Tax Service, uh, and that is more than 30% of the total number of clinics in the country in a single, I guess, district. Gangnam is a gu, a district in Seoul. Uh, And it is also probably the most famous place, I would say, if we are talking about plastic surgery in Korea. Uh, most people, when they think of plastic surgery, they think of Gangnam, and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. But basically, the National Tax Service hasn't updated that figure since, is my understanding. So 470 clinics in 2017. Uh, who knows if there are about the same, more or less. Um, but anyway, we are talking about a really big industry as an industry, about a $4 billion industry that takes up approximately 25% of the global market share. Uh, So I think there are a lot of reasons why this is such a big business and an industry. I think it would be uh, silly to even try to pretend that the entertainment business here, K-pop, K-drama, all of that isn't very tied into it. It clearly is. Uh, But there are actually so many plastic surgeons and dermatologists now in Korea that there are a shortage of doctors in other specialties. And this is something that the government 
government is trying to uh, address and talk about how they can, you know, convince people basically to take up other much needed specialties. Uh, And the reason for that is simply it comes down to capitalism. You can make more money as a plastic surgeon or running your own plastic surgery here in Korea than you can being a brain surgeon or any of the other many specialties that are out there, Uh, particularly for, you know, dermatology clinics. I've spoken on the show before about how many there are and just the ease of getting into a dermatologist in this country. It's just not like anything I've ever seen or experienced in other countries where you have to wait. You have to, you know, maybe wait up to four months. You're paying a lot of money for a single consultation. You know, in Australia, consultations for a dermatologist run in the hundreds of dollars and you will be in there maybe five to ten minutes if you're lucky. Then you pay on top of that for, you know, whatever thing you're having performed. If you're having a skin cancer taken out, if you are having a laser for acne scars, if you are whatever you're doing, you know, maybe having a tattoo removed, that is then on on top of that, a different charge on top of that. Uh, And from what I can understand, having spoken to family in Canada, it's much the same over there. There are really long wait times to get into specialists like dermatologists over there as well, or at least there can be depending on where you're based. So, you know, this is just a very, um, I guess, interesting industry that has developed over here that is very different to a lot of other countries and very different probably from where you're from as well, I would say. Uh, And, you know, there are obviously all of the Koreans that are getting surgery here in the country. And then there are all the people that are flying here or coming here for the purposes of uh, either surgery or medical tourism. And this is a really big industry in and of itself. So some of the figures, now I had a look at the pre-COVID figures because I think they're probably more accurate and a more better representation of just how many people are flying over here to do this kind of thing rather than the, you know, the figures at the moment are still going to be a little bit all over the shop. Apparently in 2019, 90,000 people visited Korea to avail themselves of cosmetic surgery. But that's not all people are flying over here to get done. Uh, Apparently, plastic surgery is not even the number one thing people are coming for. The internal medicine department is most of it. Then plastic surgery, then dermatology, followed by overall medical checkups. Uh, And that was actually according to data from the KHIDI, which was submitted to like the representatives in parliament. So that was between 2018 to 2021. They were the most visited department. So people are coming here for medical procedures as well. There's so many reasons why people would do that, I guess, depending on where you're coming from and the standard quality and ease of access of healthcare in your own country. It might make more sense to fly somewhere else and do that, uh, particularly in countries that don't have a really great, you know, public health system. But it's safe to say that this is really big business, whether it's people flying to Korea to do this, whether it is Koreans, you know, doing it themselves in Korea. This is there's a whole industry that is built up. I mean, it's not the only one in the world. I know that there are other places. Uh, Mexico apparently is a place where people go for medical tourism, particularly surgery from places like the States if they're trying to save a little bit of money. I know Turkey is considered to be a bit of a hub for Europeans. Uh, It's not uncommon if you follow like the UK news to see UK celebrities saying that they're going to Turkey for various things. Uh, 
So Korea is by no means the only the only place in the world that people fly to have surgery, obviously. But there is, I think, a really good reason why Korean plastic surgery in general is so famous. Uh, and that is because it's just in a league of its own over here. It is just in a different category. The amount of airtime that it takes up and the amount that people talk about it and how obvious it is and how... Um, much you can see it. I think that has all played into this being just a really big industry. So again, it depends on which sources you consult, but you know, I have read something saying that a third of Korean women have had some kind of surgery. Others say 20%. Those numbers vary. Like it depends, it really does depend which source you are, um, you're reading. And I think it probably also depends on what they consider to be surgery as well. You know, sometimes you'll see things online and it's like, oh, this person has had heaps of surgery done. It's like, yeah, but she didn't actually have surgery. She had filler or whatnot. So I think that will probably play into it as well. But it's safe to say that a lot of people here have had something done to either their face or body, uh, probably more so than in other countries. Uh, And certainly the stats that I've seen comparing the numbers of plastic surgery in Korea versus America suggests that there is much more going on here than there are other places like in the States. Uh, And, you know, this is just, I guess, a a really everyday topic of conversation, which maybe sounds a little bit strange if you're from a different culture. Uh, But, you know, it is not uncommon, particularly for students. So, you know, there's people say that winter is the season for surgery over here. And there's a good reason for that. And that is because exams and whatnot finish up at the end of the year. And then you have a short break before uni starts in the new year. Uh, And Sunung is like the big exam that people have to sit to determine where they're going to be able to go to university and which uni they can get into. And it's really common to hear and to see like ads and things like that floating around about, you know, uh, congratulations on finishing Sunung. A, a lot of different, you know, businesses and whatnot will advertise this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, you worked really hard, good on you, you finished exams, have like a nice cake from like Paris Baguette maybe. Or, you know, if, if you're a plastic surgery clinic, have a discount on your surgery. And that is because there is this whole culture that has built up of people actually having surgery in that period between finishing school and starting uni so that they have, you know, time for their results to settle in. Uh, and it's not uncommon for a lot of parents to not only support their children doing that, but even offering to pay for it if they get good results as well. Uh, So that is definitely a thing. There are even like there are dramas based around this topic as well. Like this is kind of acknowledged to be a thing. There was a drama that came out a few years ago called in English, My ID is Gangnam Beauty. And that was pretty much what this drama was about. It was about this girl, you know, was bullied at school for her appearance. She went under heaps of plastic surgery and then like debuted a new her at uni basically. Uh, And, you know, it was all about, I guess, 
her meeting people at uni, um, you know, some people that knew what she used to look like before, other people that didn't know, and I guess how that all sort of worked out for her. It was quite an interesting drama. Um, you know, go and check that out, I guess, if you if you like K-dramas and haven't already seen that one. But that is sort of how much a part of the lexicon that this kind of thing is. There are lots of terms in Korean for around plastic surgery things. Like, for example, songke, which is like a plastic surgery monster. So someone that's had too much work and has taken it too far and doesn't look normal maybe you know like they've just gone to the extreme another really com- common one that you used to hear people say colloquially is Gangnam Onni, so uh, like a Gangnam older sister. And this was based on the idea that, you know, the people that hang out around in Gangnam uh, have a particular type of look to them. And that's not because they were born like that. It's because they have gone to the plastic surgeons in Gangnam. And there is actually an app that you can use if you speak, if you read Korean, if you can understand Korean. It is called Gangnam Onni. And it is an app where you can check reviews for different plastic surgery clinics and, you know, see the procedures that are out there, see the hospitals that do all of those kind of things. And, you know, if uh, a particular surgeon is good at, you know, I don't know, for example, breast surgery, or maybe you want to have your double eyelid surgery done, you can actually download this app and like check out all of that. So that was a little bit of a play of the colloquial, colloquial expression, Gangnam Oni, they've just called their app that baby uh, basically Uh, and there's other apps out there like that as well that are you know similar talking about reviews for different clinics and procedures you could even get you can even get um, the discounts if a particular clinic has like a discount going for something or other they will advertise that on these kind of apps so that is kind of how much it is part of the lexicon the uh, I don't know the culture it is definitely part of the culture So according to a 2020 survey by Gallup Korea, 89% of Koreans think that a person's looks matter either somewhat or a lot in life. So that means only 11% of people think that they don't matter, that looks do not matter. I don't know what those kind of figures would be in other societies, but I'm almost willing to bet that it wouldn't be close to 90% of people think that it matters either somewhat or a lot. Uh, I think that this is, you know, um, it's very talked about. Appearance, I mentioned on the last episode, is really, really heavily discussed. What people look like, who's pretty, who's not pretty, who, you know, all of these kind of things is just like... um, much more openly talked about and to the person's face as well. You know, if someone thinks that you do look pretty, they will say that to the person. But by the same token, if someone thinks that someone is not pretty or would be pretty if they did X, Y, or Z, they'll pretty much tell that to people's face as well. Uh, And I, you know, I discussed my reservations with that on the last episode. So I'm not going to, you know, rehash that. I think you guys already know how I feel about that. Uh, But, you know, there is this whole, um, I guess, you know, way of thinking about all of this over here. So the same Gallup survey that was done back in 2020 asked people whether having plastic surgery with the goal of getting a job or getting married is acceptable. And 67% of people said yes. Only 28% of people said that it was not desirable to get surgery for the goal of getting a job or getting married. Like that is a lot of people that think 
that that is a very good reason to for getting surgery. And I just don't think the numbers would be the same if you polled random people on the street in America or in Australia or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, so I think those kind of results, statistics kind of illustrate the point that I'm trying to make is that this is very much uh, a part of the culture. It is not uncommon at all to see online commentary, particularly about idols and stars and what they've had done. If they've gone under the knife, you will often see their old yearbook photos get released. And it's like, this is what this person looked like as a freshman. And this is what they look like now. What do we think they've had done? Like that's very common to see those kind of things online. Uh, I mentioned that the drama, my ID is Gangnam Beauty. This is the subject of dramas and movies as well there was a new movie that came out last year called men of plastic and that was basically the story of like a guy that set up a fake story um dramatized but set up um, a plastic surgery surgery clinic in gangnam so this kind of thing is talked about in the media as well and i guess the other thing that gets talked about a lot, particularly when people are reporting on, you know, K-beauty outside of Korea and Korean plastic surgery, the, I guess, maybe the easy way to explain it is people are like, oh, well, um, you know, why does, why is this a thing? Why does everyone want to, you know, look a certain way? Oh, it must be because everyone wants to look more Western. I think that is a very, very common trope that you will see, um, trotted out particularly because if you you know discuss the 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 beauty standard here the beauty ideal uh i think it's it's easy to just conflate that and go well these are all common western characteristics so it must just be that everyone is trying to look western uh why do i say that well the beauty aesthetic here like i mentioned on tuesday's episode it's very much pale skin is the standard now that is changing uh Uh, particularly around the gym culture, uh, tanning kind of goes hand in hand with bodybuilding and muscle building and whatnot. So that is changing, but in general, the standard has been and has been for quite a while, very, very pale skin. Uh, It has been really big eyes, a high nose bridge, and this V-line face shape, Um, you know, the egg shape face that is tapered at the end, like the top of an egg, basically flip the egg upside down. And that is the kind of face shape that a lot of people really aspire to here so if you look at that really quickly you might just say oh well they're typical western features so it must just be that everyone is trying to look western Uh, and there's a lot of really great commentary online a lot of um, professors um, and social commentators have you know given their own I guess input and theories into why this kind of you know um, I guess aesthetic has has built up over the years and whether or not it is because people are trying to look more Western or whether it's its own version of you know uh, the Korean beauty standard. So I'll go into a little bit of that, but I think there's some other really good reasons why plastic surgery as a culture is uh, as big as it is, and the first thing. And I don't know if you can really appreciate this until you have visited Seoul in particular is how on top of each other we all live here. This is such a densely populated area of the world and it is not a lie to say that everyone literally lives on top of each other. Like the 
sheer amount of, you know, apartment buildings crammed into such a small space, the sheer amount of people that you see like catching the subway on the bus, you know, anytime you are walking on the street, people are very impacted by what other people do here because we see so much of everybody when we are, anytime we leave the house, basically, there's people everywhere. So it's just inevitable that when you are out and about, you're going to see what other people wear, you're going to see what bags they have, what shoes they have, how they style their hair, what cars they drive, all of that kind of thing. And it's just not the same when you live in, say, the suburbs in Australia, or if you live, you know, maybe somewhere in Canada or the States, you know, maybe even like California, more populated areas of it. It's just not on the same level. Uh, So I think that cannot be discounted when we're talking about any kind of trends that pop up in Korean beauty, in Korean food, all of that kind of thing. There's a very good reason for that. And that is because we see all of that every day Uh, and it's just inevitable that when people see so many other people wearing something a particular style of coat maybe or shoes or something like that that you naturally get influenced by what other people do people are kind of sheep in that respect I think you know if you see enough of it you tend to go okay well that's what we're doing let's do that too um And, you know, that's why you see that at schools. Like, remember back to when you were in high school, if there was a certain thing that everyone was doing, like, other people started doing it. And that's why, you know, in high school, it's kind of like a bit of a microcosm because you are impacted. You see the same people every day uh, and you're in very close quarters with them, taking classes and whatnot. So Seoul is kind of like that, but on, like, a much bigger scale. So I think that explains a lot of why these kind of things become trends and why people here do what they do. Uh, That is one part of it. The other thing is that this is a very competitive society. There is just no two ways around that. People are competing for houses. They're competing for car parks. They're competing for um, jobs, everything, you know, uh, having this many people packed in, in such a small space naturally leads to competition. And, you know, I guess it's much easier to see what other people are doing, which leads to its own natural competition. I mean, even think about it from the perspective of restaurants and coffee shops and things like that. If there are that many in the same small area, then naturally you're going to want to be the best because if you're not, then it's going to be pretty dog eat dog and the the guy two doors down is going to take all of your customers. So it is a very, very competitive society uh, and that is just the way it is. You know, people are living all close together there is the benefit of choice you've got a lot of different choice so people have to stay competitive and I think that that plays into the looks department as well and you know until semi-recently it used to be a requirement that you had to put a photo of yourself on your CV or resume so if you think about that like that just intensifies all of this it just makes things more looks driven than they need to be pretty much you know Uh, that's been done away with but I think it would be silly to pretend that looks don't have a lot to do with it I mean that survey pretty much said that people here think that that is important the way you look so obviously that then feeds into it if you're going for a job interview or anything like that people think it's important to look a particular way to look good then that is what is going to be delivered up you know if you are trying to compete in a capitalist society that has currency so I think that is you know another part of this as well the other thing is there's 
absolutely no denying the role that K-pop and K-drama has in, in, you know, influencing the way people look and the way people want to look. And that goes hand in hand with plastic surgery. You only need to have a look at any of the top K-pop, you know, groups. You only need to turn on the TV and see a K-drama to see very clear signs that some of these people were not born with those faces or those features. And that then influences other people to want to go out and look like their favorite idol. You know, it's the same thing, I guess, when the Kardashians came along in the Western world, uh, you know, all of the kind of aesthetic that they had all of a sudden became popular. So, you know, the big maybe butts, Brazilian butt um, implants and lifts and all of those procedures started to take off because people wanted to emulate what they were seeing on TV. And it's the same thing here. It's just that the beauty standard is different. So this is where I guess perceptions kind of differ then about why people want to look a certain way. So there are some people uh, that point out that obviously Korea is a very racially homogenous society. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to suggest that all of these people are going out um, you know, and getting plastic surgery to look more Western because basically most people that live here are Korean and if they're not, then the next subset of people are Asian anyway. So it's not like there's a whole bunch of Westerners walking around and people want to look more like them. Uh, and there is one uh, author who wrote a book called The Birth of Korean Cool, and her name is Uni Hong. And she said that, you know, while some individual procedures that are really trending and popular in Korea, like the double eyelid surgery, may have started out as a desire to look more Western, in her view, she doesn't actually think that that is why Korean people get double eyelid surgery anymore, that that doesn't actually have anything to do with it anymore. She says she thinks that that is just, you know, the the aesthetic here has like developed and taken on its own unique style. Uh, and a lot of other people say that too. There's a scholar from Seoul National University, uh, Soyeon Lim, and she ha- has also talked about the fact that, you know, the contemporary Korean plastic surgery style is a lot different from the kinds of surgeries that were being done, uh, you know, back in the, in the post-war period when a lot of these surgeries, I guess, were invented in the first place. So that then brings me to the next part of, I guess, the conversation, and that is what are the popular surgeries when it comes to Korean plastic surgery here? Uh, And the number one thing I think that is generally cited as being the most popular is blepharoplasty, Asian blepharoplasty, which is usually the double eyelid surgery or some kind of surgery to widen the eyes and make them look bigger. Uh, And this is a really, really popular one for a lot of the celebrities to do. So the origins of this surgery were in the post-war period. So there was a Korean, uh, sorry, there was an American military surgeon, a plastic surgeon that was operating in Korea. And he was helping a whole lot of different people who had injuries from the war. So basically trying to provide reconstructive surgeries to people that had been disfigured. That was what he was doing. He also became very well known for doing cleft palate surgeries on children as well. He was a man named David Ralph Millard. And he was actually stationed in Seoul in 1954. And one of the things that he popularized was this Asian blepharoplasty. And he had some pretty, in retrospect, disgusting colonial views about why that was a good procedure to do. I'm not going to go into all of that. You can go and read more about that if you're into it. 
But it suffice to say that I think that even though he popularized that kind of thing at the time, it has clearly taken on a life of its own. And, you know, I don't know that the people that are going into surgeons and clinics these days necessarily have, you know, or or have anything to do with what he started. Uh, Look, I'm sure opinions differ on that, but if, you know, I think there are a lot of different factors that have really fed into the the current aesthetic and the things that people do. Other really popular surgeries here include things like uh, raising the nose bridge to make the nose higher. That's another really popular one. And then, of course, there are all the facial shaping surgeries as well. If you've ever like googled Korean plastic surgery, you might have seen some of the they're almost memes. At this point, I think that show all of the Miss Korea entrance or like pageant entrance in Korea, and they pretty much all have like the same face shape uh, and you know the same kind of features. And it basically looks like thirty people that could be all related or the same person because that's just like the 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 ideal look here, I guess. So they're the kind of things that I think people you know tend to do more so, whereas traditionally. In Western countries and in places like Australia and the US, I think it started off more that people would do enhancements on their bodies. So things like liposuction, things like breast enhancement, all of those kind of things were more popular than doing facial plastic surgery. Whereas here, I think it was less about uh, the body and more about the face. Now, this has changed. Obviously, there is lots of um, of talk about, you know, Instagram face and, you know, the filters and the impact that that's having on people wanting to go and get procedures and surgeries and whatnot. So I think this is all changing, but traditionally I think Koreans placed a lot more emphasis on the face than Westerners did. And for Westerners, a lot of it was about, you know, achieving a great body. Uh, So look, I just wanted to, we could literally spend a lot of time on this topic. I'm not sure how interested you guys are in knowing more about this, in hearing me talk about this. So I just wanted to kind of touch on the industry itself, some of the kind of facts and figures, what people are actually doing here and potentially why, although opinions obviously clearly do differ. Uh, But I'm going to leave it here and I will just leave it up to you. If this is a topic that you guys would like to hear more about, obviously, please come and find me and let me know. If you're not interested in it, we will just move on and keep going with the other kind of things that we often talk about on the show, which are much more, you know, beauty related and less surgery related. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a plastic surgeon. I'm not (laughs) performing any of these kind of things. But I think it's impossible to have lived here for as long as I have without noticing all of this going on around you. You know, like there are ads for plastic surgery on the subway. There are you know, billboards and signs. I mean, our office is in Gangnam. And if you walk down the street here, it's like every second or third building at least will have one plastic surgery clinic or dermatologist or something like that uh, in it. Like that's just, this is where it's based. This is, it's all right here. So I just thought that, you know, this is a broader topic related to Korean beauty. So why don't we talk about it? It's been, you know, maybe a long time coming, I guess. We've never really got there in the last three years, but there you go. So look, 
I'll leave it here for today. Let me know if this is something you are interested in. If you are not interested in it at all, that is totally fine. Uh, And uh, until next time, until we speak next time, I will see you on Style Story. 